Welcome in. Good morning. Happy playoff season. We have the windows open. We're seeing the snow. It feels like we're a part of Bill's Mafia already. Mm. Um, Baby. Welcome in. Uh, We are recording on the 15th Saturday. Playoffs are about to start. I'm your host, Cole Walker, joined always by Luke. My little brother, Kate, is out of town um, skiing. We've brought in a guest, Noah Johnson. What is good, brothers? What is How good? are you? You excited to talk about some NFL? Oh, I'm excited. I'm ready. I've been ready. <laughs> and we're talking about all the good teams, the bad teams, the Panthers, and everywhere in between. You can loop. You can lump them in with the bad teams. <laughs> it's, it's fine. I'm not going to be hurt. The most potential, though. I mean, I would say out of the bad teams... Top three potential? Yes. We're a quarterback away. Yep. We have three terrible quarterbacks. But <laughs> I don't want to do Cam like that. Cam, Cam is back, baby. Cam. I'm, I don't want to do him like that, but he's out of his prime. And, you know, our coach also sucks. Wait, so is that his name? I thought his name was Von Miller's son. <laughs> These are facts, and I'm not going to deny it. Yeah. So we got Cole's a Broncos fan who, in my opinion, is the most, like, Actually, them and the Steelers are the two most "quote unquote" quarterback away teams. I think we actually hit about it. How Panthers, I think, are kind of outside of that category. But I love their their young defense. I also don't trust Ja Rule as a coach. But also, they signed him. They signed him to a big deal when they signed him. Mm-hmm. It was yep. seven years, sixty-two million dollars, I believe. This is the second year, so it makes sense that they were going to retain him through this next year because of how much they invested in him initially. And also, like, I'm sure he had he had hands to play in like the quarterback scenario, but it was just kind of weird mm-hmm. hand that he, hand that he's dealt. They knew this was going to be a rebuild from the beginning, and so I don't know. I think giving him another year to at least just see a little bit more makes the most sense to me because of how much money he's committed. Yeah, but yeah, but without Joe Brady, that's weird. It always felt like it was supposed to be both of them together, yeah, what, but they. Absolute scapegoat. Yeah, what a weird. Yeah, it was ridiculous. <laughs> okay, before we get too far in, we will definitely hit on the Panthers more in depth. Um, to set up the show, we're going to go through some news. Obviously, we're recording right before the playoffs start, so we'll talk about how, one, everyone is fired. All the bad teams don't have coaches anymore. 25% um, of the league is wow. searching for a new coach. That's crazy. Um, and nobody's been hired yet. A lot of rumors, a lot of betting odds. Um and then we'll go into playoffs some pick them. We'll talk about the first half of the draft and how it is set. And then we have some questions from the loyal listeners that we'll be going through. And then we're going to have a, a segment, Reasons for Optimism. We're going to hit on every team that is not uh, in the playoffs and maybe one or two reasons that that franchise shouldn't jump off a bridge. Um, and then lastly, I'm a member of Matt Miller's... Um, NFL Draft Scout is, I think, his at on Twitter. And he does uh, like this email subscription um, for pre-draft stuff. And I got uh, to play the Broncos GM in a member mock draft. And so we'll fly through the member mock, maybe hit on some of the cool trades and how it's different from a normal analyst mock. Um, okay, and That was a fun one because I think for me personally, it's – almost most fun to do mock drafts in the sense that like what would i do if i were the Mm -hmm. gm and i feel like that that mock draft is this versus there's also the doing the mocks of what do we think each gm is going to do but and fans just know like no matter how good an analyst is if you're a super fan of your team you know the roster and the ins and outs and like 
okay, do we actually need a linebacker? Do we actually need a cornerback? There's all these like quote unquote team needs, but I feel like a lot of times an analyst will just throw a team need on a team without knowing the depth chart very well. And a fan will really know those team needs anyway. Okay. So let us go through. Oh, thank you, Luke. Luke added in the uh, teams that don't have coaches right now, Texans, Giants, Jags, Raiders, Dolphins, Bears, Broncos, is there any more than that? Vikings. And Vikings. Yeah. Wow. Um, okay, let, let's play a quick game real quick. Of those teams, give me the three best landing spots. If you were a coach, where would you want to be? So, for me, the initial one is... Or maybe two. Yeah, let's just do two. I think I'd go Broncos. Uh, I, not just saying that because you're here, Nicole. I think that's my number, one, my number one spot, purely because I've said it before feels very much a quarterback away, a young defense that is or a defense that is ready to win now, got a lot of weapons on offense to play with. Mm-hmm. Very much quarterback away in my opinion and could be in the market for some of these quarterbacks, Kirk Cousins, maybe in a Derek Carr. Obviously there's like the Aaron Rodgers pipe dream, but like maybe that <laughs> maybe. could happen. Yeah. Um so a lot of different options out there. I think Broncos would be my first priority there. I'm going to think through my next one would be you're good Noah best, what do you think uh, so I would probably take the Broncos too but my second one I would honestly take the Dolphins mm. I think they showed a lot of promise this year I think they won six straight now granted they're the teams they were playing I think there was only one team in there maybe that was you know they were all so, NFL teams yeah, you they, can say that <laughs> they were all NFL teams and I just think I think what we saw from Waddle what you saw from Dude, Tua Waddle's or nice. like you can trade mm-hmm. Tua if you want to I think I think he showed potential to be I don't know how much potential. I don't know if he could lead you to the promised land, but he showed potential that he could be a starting NFL quarterback. And I think Jalen Waddle, man, that was a great. Dude, he's pick. the truth. That was he's a great good. pick. Yeah, I think also, I don't view it as that desirable landing spot, and I don't really know why the Raiders are looking for a coach. I don't know if they, you know, they may give this interim coach another year, mm-hmm. um, but like. They're the only playoff team out there that's looking for a new coach. And so that's obviously a plus. They just don't have that feel to me of like, a, I want to go there and have a lot to work with. And I don't know yeah. why I feel like they're been, they've been underrated all year. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think outside of the Broncos, I would want maybe the Bears. Just because not even like the pieces they have, because there's still some rebuilding to do there. But like... It would feel very similar to being like a Mike Tomlin, like you're at a historic franchise that you want to build and stay at for a long, long time. It's like, definitely the most like prestigious. Prestigious, yeah. And then, okay, and then let's do out of these the worst landing giants. spot. <laughs> it's so bad. It's Giants. It's, there's no question. It's got to be Giants. Terrible. Texans, you at least have some rope of everyone knows the, that it's garbage and you have time to rebuild it apparently not though yeah apparently not with coley Coley, like what are they doing but it was kind of a fake season right like i i feel like coley was hired off of the thought of this is kind of a one-year lease fake season although he had a two-year deal they cut him making a lot of money yeah that's true yeah they didn't i don't know what else he was supposed to do with this roster winning four games was impressive he got a lot of davis mills who looks nice burkhead was his best rusher dude (laughs) And Brandon Cooks, Brandon Cooks has been good for so many teams. He's been but like, cooking. <laughs> wow, wowzers! 
But like, I don't know what else you wanted David Coley to show. Uh, just an incredibly short rope there. Kind of. Yeah. I'm surprised that they moved on so quickly, similar to the way Dolphins moved on with Brian Flores. That's a whole different discussion. Yeah. Um, but. Okay, let's let's move on here. Let's go into a little bit of playoff. Pick Can em. I just do one other yes, question absolutely. here? I think he, I think his contract is about up. What should teams do? This will also kind of go into one of our questions moving forward. What what's Saquon's future in the league right now? <laughs> like legitimately, because he yeah. he's gonna make money somewhere. His name value, draft capital, and. You can see the raw ability. I've mm-hmm. never been a Saquon guy. I've always thought there's a running back. There's more to it than just being having the physicals. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think he helps teams, but he's so dynamic that maybe in the right system, where you know, I, like a green the way Green Bay uses Aaron Jones, maybe yeah. involves Saquon in the passing. Giants involve him in the passing, but just not. I don't know what the what the real issue is, if it's that Saquon, it's Saquon's issue. Uh, as a franchise, I'm very out on big money running back, so I'm mm-hmm. not going to be one to pay him. But someone's going to, and I don't know. He's an interesting case to me. Yeah. No, any thoughts on Saquon? You see, it's a tough thing because I'm also out on big money running backs. I just I, we've talked with, about this a lot. Yeah, even with I on my team is Christian McCaffrey, and I'm so when they said that they were willing to trade him, I was so happy. Wow, because you, you can get a lot for him. Yeah, and I just think running back is one of those positions you can get any like you can get a six round draft pick, and he can like James Robinson. Like you can do, yeah. get somebody like Elijah Mitchell. Mi- I can't say Elijah those words Mitchell. together. Elijah Mitchell. Thank you. Yeah. Exactly. So I just, I don't know. It's a tough thing because you know he can be good if he gets yeah. an offensive line. You do, but it's just this year, has he lost some of his explosion? Or is it just the Giants offensive line? Can he not get the holes? Like, yeah, it's a, can he not see the holes? It's a weird thing because he just hasn't had those like breakaway runs like we were used to seeing from his rookie year. If we're giving him benefit of the doubt, I would say he's still a top tier running back, get a good offensive line. My main problem with him is, is the way he runs and the way he's built is to be a bell cow back. But his injury status like inhibits that from happening. So if a team were to dedicate money and whatever to Saquon, you're dedicating it as a bell cow back, a three-down back that you can just feed because of the type of runner he is. But his injury status just won't let him ever fully become that, I don't think. My Rashad Penny is- greater than Saquon. Uh, outside of his rookie year with Eli Manning, I just have not been impressed with what I've seen on the field from him. Like, you can see highlights, sure, but down yeah. to down, I think he hurts his team more than he helps. Yeah, he he maybe needs, like, a mental reset of, like, he might have been so hyped up from his draft pick and pretty good rookie year, I mean, really good rookie year, and then just nothing since then like he needs a reset somewhere okay let's go to playoff pick them we're gonna go one at a time uh picking teams and then at the end be thinking about this um like the two matchups you could easily see an upset or maybe not easily see but two upsets you might be expecting um so we'll go through raiders and Bengals. who are we picking here <laughs> i'm pretty high in the Bengals, so i felt i actually i do like the raiders some like i felt like i was one of the only people in the boat that like mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people talked about the Chargers being set to lock in. They were on like the Raiders. fifth in Super Bowl odds at some point. 
Yeah, I don't, and I was way out of them going into the season. Part of that was way out being way out on Gruden. I talked about that in my like predictions article. Mm-hmm. But I think the Raiders are still a solid team. I just love the Bengals have a, their defense has been playing well, weapons for days. And they've I've, switched their offensive mindset from running to letting Burrow cook. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with the Bengals in this one. I think an upset's possible, but I don't see it happening. Yep. Yeah, I'm definitely going to go with the Bengals. I love Joe Burrow. You know, I had Jamar Chase on my fantasy team in multiple <laughs> leagues, and That's he really so got it done. That's and so he really good. got it done, so I'm going with the Bengals. Nice. Okay, Patriots and Bills. Oh, sorry, I'm also going Bengals. Next one, Patriots and Bills. Uh, I'll start this one. If you all haven't seen that Bills pump-up video created by a fan, right, Luke? Yeah. It is awesome. Uh, Bills by 90 after that. (laughs) Literal goosebumps, amazing pump up. I do think Bills come out and win this game. Um, Mac has been pretty flat in this back half of the season. Um, He just hasn't shown the improvement over this. Like He's been the best of the rookie quarterbacks, but he hasn't been amazing the past few weeks. I think the Bills are going to put him in a tornado. Yeah, I mean, obviously I'm a Bills fan. I think the Bills, I'm super nervous about it. Because I get nervous about every playoff game, but I think the Bills should win big here. The weather concerns me, and the fact that yeah, weather we saw update it in the first game. I mean, it's two degrees. I mean, it could be below for wind. Like wind is about 15, 14 miles mm. an hour. So, like that does worry me. In the fact that Patriots are very run heavy, Bills are very very pass heavy. We saw that in their first matchup, but even then, the Bills had their opportunities to win. I think. Josh Allen is going to run a lot more in the playoffs. And then also the Bills have the number one defense in terms of yardage and points. That's we have, we should, our defense should shut them down. Yeah. And so even if I am worried about our offense with the weather, our defense should thrive and hold them to maybe even single digits. Like we've done that a lot this year. I wouldn't be too surprised. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go with the Bills, but I will say I could see this being a big upset just because Bill Belichick, you know, it's hard to count him out. You know, I, he's really good, and when it comes to playoffs, it's hard to bet against him, but I do think the Bills will get this done. I don't think, you know, a rookie quarterback has never has never won a Super Bowl. I think I, I just don't think Mac Jones is ready. It's kind of yeah. like you said. I, don't, I haven't seen the improvement from him. He's been steady. He's been good. but you know, And their rushing attack isn't dominant enough to – carry it their defense is crazy but okay um yeah bills by 90 eagles and bucks um i'm taking bucks spoiler alert i'm taking the favorite in every single one of these games but the eagles is out of every game this is the most likely upset to me eagles bucks i think the bucks are injured i think the eagles are playing a lot better than people give him credit for jalen hurts is playing better than people give him credit for and you just got to rush away from Vita Vea, like rush to the outside. Vita Vea is so good. He's so good. But also, you can run like the... Anella, how do you feel about Vita Vea? Do you not like Vita? Listen, no. <laughs> I, my, when I played at Idaho, I did not get to play against him, but I, our team, we played against Washington. That was when you had a concussion, right? Yes, I had a concussion, so I did not play in that uh-huh. game. But you would have bodied him? Oh. Thankfully, because Vita, I watched him throw our offensive linemen around like they didn't exist. Like I, <laughs> Literally, our senior center came back, and after the game, he walked in the film room, and he goes, yeah, I don't – he looked at coach and said, I don't know what you wanted me to do with him. I, you told me – you told me he wasn't as good as everybody said he was. Well, he was. He was that good. I don't know why you said that. He was that good. When did he get picked? What was his? Draft? I don't know, it was first round. Uh, I think. 
I could be making this up. I f- have a vague memory of around 15 to 17 range. Um, He went 12. 12. You were very close. Yeah, uh, Tampa Bay traded from 7 to 12. They traded down. Okay. And got him. I mean, Dude, his hair, okay. when he got drafted, he wore the, uh, what's the the flower thing? LA. The LA, thank you. Lay, not yeah, Olay. the, the LA. Um, his Olay and his hair, it's so beautiful. <laughs> okay, are you all taking bucks? Yes. Yeah. Is anyone I, on the same so train at I, all about the upset? There is the potential. The Bucks have not looked good recently, like the last couple of weeks. Obviously, Godwin out for the year, lost Antonio Brown, beat up other areas. Leonard Fournette's one. I think even Ronald Jones might be out. I'm not. I'm vague recollection of that. But Bucks are very beat up. Um, Eagles could. I think there is upset potential here. But I, I've learned my lesson too many times. I'm not going to bet against Tom Brady until <laughs> I will. it happens. I'll bet against him until he falls off, and then I'll look like a... <laughs> okay, Bucks. Let me get so to... So we're it. unanimous on the first three here, and I think the next game is where we could get some change up with the 49ers-Cowboys. Yeah. Um, I'm going Cowboys. They're actually my favorite for the Super Bowl. Interesting. In my opinion right now. Um, so I'm taking Cowboys big. I I landed on the Cowboys when I filled out my bracket. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go ahead and say the Cowboys, but this is the one. Is this your I, closest? This is my upset pick, and it's been a popular one. Mm-hmm. The 49ers, their defense has been hitting their, uh, hitting a little bit more stride lately. Uh, their offense has been looking good. Debo Samuel is an absolute man. Mm-hmm. Having Elijah Mitchell healthy is a huge game changer for their offense. George Kittle healthy. I mean, he was he was a fantasy killer early in the earlier in the year. I remember Cannon suffering through that, and then he comes back and is back to being an animal. I think there's just a lot of talent on both sides here, and the Cowboys have shown inconsistency, particularly on the offensive end. And so, I will. I did land on taking the Cowboys, but this is the one that I feel could very much be an upset. They didn't play this year, did they? No. The, I, I love that. It feels like there's too many rematches. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, last time they met, the Cowboys beat them 41-33. That was in 2020. Yeah. No, who are you taking to this one? See, this one, I do. I feel like it's a coin flip because I, I've watched the Cowboys, and they're just so inconsistent. You have no idea what True. team is going to show We're gonna up. We're going to hit on it in a minute, but the, the Cowboys, Rams, and Cardinals – are the most are the weirdest teams in the league? Like mm-hmm. you, we've seen them be really, really, really good, and we've seen them look bad. I, I don't know. It's super interesting to me. Yeah, yeah, but I guess I guess at the end of the day, I am going to take the Cowboys. I do think I do think that their offense. I think their offensive line. I think they're good enough, and I think at the end of the day, they'll get the job done. But mm-hmm. I, I think it's a coin flip. I really think like I would not be shocked at all if the Forty ers just come out and dominate them. Like it wouldn't. Wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, handsome Jimmy G. We'll see if his looks can get him there. Okay, Steelers Chiefs. Do we need to spend long on this? Chiefs. Chiefs. Yeah, no, it's Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, credit to the Steelers. Huge credit to Mike Tomlin for getting him this far. Uh, if you've watched Big Ben this year, I mean, it's Chiefs. I think it could be a closer game than the spread is giving them, only because of the Steelers defense. Um, I don't think the, they're going to be able to keep up with points. But I think it'll be a slow and kind of boring game, yeah, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. She's got a first-round bye. Yeah. Rams-Cardinals. Rams-Cardinals. I'm going Rams. Um, 
I think when push comes to shove, talent is going to outperform. I'm going Cardinals. Wow. The Jekyll and Hyde Rams. I mean, obviously the Cardinals have been in their own right very inconsistent lately. They won't have Hopkins. They do have J.J. Watt back. I just, I don't, I trust, I somehow trust the Rams less than I trust the Cardinals, and I don't trust the Cardinals. The Rams have, very much have the talent to run the tables and win the whole thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Will we've they? seen we've seen so much inconsistency. Stafford has still never won a playoff game. Yeah. Um, oh, that is cr- that's such a cr- I forgot that's such a crazy stat. Yeah, I mean he you know spent his career on the Lions, okay. but uh, and I'm also I'm not nearly as big a believer in Sean McVay as a lot of people. Um, like I think he's great, but I don't think he's the god that a lot of people make him out to be. His ability to pivot feels like it's lacking. Like he if his game if his pre game game plan is working. The, they steamroll. Yeah. It's like if whatever they worked on in practice all week works, they steamroll. But if it doesn't, his ability to pivot feels off. Yeah. Noah, this is the first game we're split on. Settle the tie here. I'm not going to lie to you. I am going to go. I think I'm going to go with the Rams. I think if DeAndre Hopkins was there, I think it would be a different story. But without him, I just, I feel like, Rams, and, you know, I bet against Vaughn Miller once and that turned out. <laughs> <laughs> that turned out yeah, and Ramsey being able to shut down who, like Christian Kirk now? Like, is that who yeah. you would put him on? Like, now who do they throw to? So, it'll be interesting. Um, okay, first half of the draft is set. We'll get there in a second because we'll go through that mock. And then just saw uh, breaking news. It's looking like Calvin Ridley, possibility he might be traded. Let's just spend a quick one second. Where do you want him to go? Noah, you're the, as the dynasty owner of Calvin Ridley. Where, where do you want to see him go? You know, I want to see him go. I don't know if this could happen, but I want to see him go to Green Bay and then Aaron Rodgers, if they can get him oh in Green Bay. Gosh. Wide receiver can, two in Green Bay. That'd be <laughs> absurd. If they could get him in Green Bay, there's no way Aaron Rodgers leaves. And then if in for my dynasty, having Calvin Ridley opposite of Devon, it's wraps, honestly. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because... Rodgers has never really supported two wide receivers in fantasy, which is credit to Devontae for being so good. It's also Rodgers has always been more efficient than he has been a volume guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you bring in another a number two like Calvin Ridley, I think it would be absolutely fascinating to watch. I would go either Patriots or Bears. Interesting. Yeah. Give Fields a wide receiver to cook with. I know he's cooking with Mooney right now, but it doesn't look like Allen Robinson's going to be the guy there. So if you have Mooney and Ridley, I think Fields could do some good stuff there. Yeah, I think it would be interesting. I think the Eagles would be fun because yeah. they have spent, <laughs> that, spent that, so much draft That's capital. reuniting, right? Uh, Were they there at the same time? Ridley and Hertz? I don't know, but it's like that's... They've spent so much draft capital on wide receivers recently, and I believe, and I'm a believer in Devonta Smith. But I think that'll be fun to watch. They obviously made the playoffs this year, and adding a Calvin Ridley, Devonta Smith would be a really fun option to see. And then you can really see what you have in Jalen Hurts um, because he, I mean, got them to the playoffs. He's a great rusher, inconsistent passer. When you get him weapons like that, no excuses. See what you got. Yeah, they did play a band at the same time. Interesting. Caught, he caught passes from Jalen Hurts. Wow. Yeah. Um, 
Okay. Did you say a place? Yeah, Green Bay. It Sorry. Might be a oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. Wide receiver. That's too. where I want him to go for my fantasy. Perfect. <laughs> okay. And then we're going to go through some questions from the friends. Uh, Ty and Will sent these in. So thank you to those people. If you want to send them in, uh, text me. There's no. Yeah, we don't have a Google <laughs> form for it. Um, I do have a Twitter, though, set up for Jim's and Bus. So if you want to follow that, I've just followed basically every NFL team and analyst and scout. And I'm just liking and commenting things. So if you want my um, 100% correct opinions, you can follow there. Okay. So questions from the friends. We have three questions we'll go through. First one, what is the value of running backs in drafts? Uh, I thought a good approach here. I know we've talked, and I know you both are on the don't pay a running back big money train. Um, I'm just going to read out real quick. First round running backs drafted since 2012. So we'll go back 10 years. Um, 2021, and then we'll work most recent to 2012. So Najee Harris, um, Looks like it's pretty good so far. Travis Etienne, TBD. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, TBD. Wait, no, Maybe that's, bust. I don't even think that's a TBD. Yeah, we could give it a quick uh, hit, miss, or eh. Yeah? Sure. Okay. Najee Harris. Hit. I mean, hit early. Yeah. Running, sure. running backs, it's... yeah. Travis Etienne. Can't tell. Can't tell. Terrible draft pick. Terrible draft pick. Horrible yeah. draft pick. Yeah, James Robinson. Maybe missed just from that. Yeah. Oh, I thought I thought was, I was so mad when they drafted him. Uh, as a Cl- huge James Robinson fan. True. Clyde Edwards Alaire, I would say miss. Though I will sorry, just one other note. No, you're good. With James Robinson, obviously Achilles injury. One, absolutely brutal. Heartbreaking. For a guy he was an undrafted rookie, so he had so little financial investment in him. They can just move on from him. Achilles is the hardest injury to come back from for a running back. Yep. And he looked great for two years and didn't get a chance at a payday. So that sucks. sucks. Uh, but obviously, then we'll really get to see the value of ETN next year without him. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, miss, especially considering not long after him was drafted Johnny Taylor and DeAndre Swift. And when you think about they brought in Raheem Mostert, who I know like didn't do anything early in the season. Wait, is that... Yeah, he played this last game, right? Raheem Wait. Mostert? No. Raheem oh, Mostert. oh, oh. Harold um, Williams? No. Former 49ers running back. That's why I was thinking of Mostert. Jarrett McKinnon? Is that who you're talking about? Yes. Yeah. They brought him in, and he looked great the last like yeah. two or three games. I mean, Daryl Williams is the best back there. I know. I, I guess my point being, he hasn't been better than any of the running backs that they've played at any point this season. No. Nope. Including... Nothing, nothing compared to Kareem Hunt. Yeah, true. Okay, so miss on him. Josh Jacobs, I would say, eh? Yeah. Eh? Not That's worth the eh. investment for me. He was um, the 24th pick. So further back, um, Saquon Barkley, second pick in 2018, miss. Miss for me. Yeah, that's a miss. Uh, Rashad Penny. Miss. I say miss, but with an eh of optimism from what he's done this year. It's too long. He's a, he is know, a huge miss, Ma- a massive miss. The fact that he's coming on now is exciting uh, and looked great the last couple of games, but you can't, as especially running back, you I can't know. be not I'm, productive for three years. I'm buying the hype a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to call it a miss. <laughs> okay, Sonny Michelle was pick 31. Miss. Mostly, yeah, miss mostly, but he also had a great run with them. Uh, helped, them win a, helped them win the title. Yeah, true. Mostly a miss. Leonard Fournette. Oh, sorry. Yeah, miss. Okay. Leonard Fournette, pick at four. Miss. Miss, but with F. <laughs> I don't know. It's a mostly big, miss. It's a big miss. Yeah, if you're, at if four. You're cut, if you're cut 
before the end of your rookie contract. That's, That's a huge miss. Yeah, it was for sure a miss. For, where did he go? Jacksonville? He Jack went to the Jags, yeah. yeah All right, McCaffrey at pick eight. Hit. Hit. It was Massive a hit, hit, but, you know, it's okay. Ezekiel Elliott at four. Hit. Hit. But that was their offensive line, so. <laughs> Todd Gurley at 10. Hit. 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 I think we're at the point where it's time. Like, if you, recency bias would say right. otherwise, but he was dominant. Melvin Gordon at 15. Hit. Hit. Mostly a hit. Because he's still a starting running back and running well. Pick yeah. in 2015. It's also just, it's one of those things. So just philosophy here, getting and getting off, off of this, is like a, a lot of these running backs that we're seeing, there's not like super long-term players. Like they're... right. They're, they can be a franchise cornerstone. So when you draft a running back in the first round, just philosophy here, you are investing heavily in them for at, for the five years of the rookie deal, mm-hmm. first round because you'll have the four years, and then the fifth-year option on them. You are investing in them as a bell cow there. I am such a big proponent. I'm fine with taking a first-round running back if you are in a win-now state. Like I don't think you rebuild around a running back by any means because they have so, such a short shelf life. Mm-hmm. You can draft a first-round running back. I wanted the Bills to take Najee if he was available this last year. Use him, abuse him, don't sign him to a big deal afterwards. The only running backs that are worth a big second contract are when they are the centerpiece of the offense. Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey is worth it. Obviously, he's gotten hurt, but their offense was completely centered around Christian McCaffrey. Kamara, and Kamara's a good one. Um, Zeke. So Zeke at the time, he looked like it was going to be okay with it, uh, like a good big contract by the like early in his rookie contract because their offense was run the ball with Zeke. Dak came on, and throughout Dak's time there, he became it became a passing offense offense as the mm-hmm. primary option. That's why I think me and Canada have talked a lot about how Zeke. We just didn't understand so much why they paid Zeke so much when you are a passing offense now. Zeke is a good running back. Yeah. Or he was a good running back at the time when he signed to a big deal. So, like, it's hard in that running back area to let a good player go Mm -hmm. because of the philosophy of not giving running backs good contracts. You don't want to pass up on a good player. Yeah. But you're inhibiting yourself by giving him a big contract. No running back lasts the full length of their second big contract. And he wasn't the center point of their offense at that time. It was a pass first, mm-hmm. or at least developing into a very pass first offense. So that's one of the instances. I don't know. There's a weird philosophy there. I'm big on use them, abuse them. You can draft them in the first round when you have your other pieces set. You don't rebuild around a running back because of a short lifespan. But in, unless there's a rare exception, use them, abuse them, let them walk. Yeah. Anything additional? Yeah, I do. I agree with him. I think a running back's the cherry on top. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. not like drafting like drafting a running back in the top 10 for me. If you're in the top 10 and you draft a running back, that is not your main concern. I promise you. It, yeah, you can, <laughs> so true. If you're going to draft That's the, a great if point. you're going to draft that running back, you might as well just skip him and then pick an offensive lineman because there's a reason you're in the top 10 and I promise you it's not because of your running back. <laughs> and like it's so not I mean some running backs are an exception to this, but it's so easy to game plan when the, your best players are running back. Like, oh, we'll just stop the run and we're fine. Mm-hmm. Um, Christian McCaffrey's obviously an exception to that. Yep. His involvement Derek the Henry, game. because he can just break the tackle anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and also, 
it's one of those things. Running back is one of those positions. It's a lot easier to find value later in the draft. Second round, I'm fine with. Third round, I lo- I like taking running backs in the late second to third round range. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always hit. The Bills have they had a fine pick with Singletary, kind of missed on Moss. We've mm-hmm. kind of taken that third round running back approach. It doesn't always hit, but you can most of the time find better value on running backs later. In, in the draft or bringing in a veteran on a shorter-term deal, someone yep. that maybe, like a Melvin Gordon, got a bigger contract, was good for a while when he was younger, but then you can get him for a little bit cheaper generally later on. Like, his Broughton contract is expiring with the Broncos. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if he moves to a short-term deal yeah. with another team that's running back needy. Yeah. The Okay, the other thought with this, when you're drafting running backs, you draft, for me... For traits so a lot of people look at like Najee back in college and he's like the bell cow a lot of miles and he's been like a really good back um we'll see how long he's able to like maintain that level of like workload um because to me i'm with you luke on the the later rounds but freak athletes so try to draft for speed draft for um draft for AJ Dillon, draft for yeah. the thighs. Yeah, draft for just like one or two traits that you're like, I could use this in a committee. AJ Dillon is not going to be your every down back, but he has a specific skill set that lets him just run through. Although he has more yards than uh, his counterpart right now in Green Bay, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Um, okay, so that's quick bit on running backs. And obviously, if you ever find yourself able to draft Devontae Williams, draft him whenever your first pick is. <laughs> Uh, okay, next. Most important attribute when evaluating a QB in a draft uh, to predict success and maybe the most overrated trait. Um, who wants to go first on this one? I have a pretty strong opinion on this. Go ahead. There are two. There are kind of two things. When I'm looking for a franchise guy, I'm looking for kind Does of Does he opt out things. of the bowl? <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for kind of two things. One of them is like a prerequisite, kind of like the entry ticket. This has to be there for me to be interested in this guy as my franchise quarterback the other one is then kind of what i'm looking for after that mm-hmm. what could be a create a difference maker quarterback because if i'm drafting a quarterback i don't want to be drafting for a game manager i want someone that can make a huge difference it had in theory like it hasn't done anything i'm surprised they haven't played them even though like jimmy d's been playing well but there is zero chance in my mind that the 49ers were going to take Mac Jones. Like, there was rumors that they could be moving up to three to take him when they traded so much draft capital. You don't trade that kind of capital to get another similar type trying to just upgrade mm-hmm. from what you currently have. You're a do, younger Garoppolo. Yeah, you, you do that in an effort to give your offense a different dynamic, something mm-hmm. different. So I thought it would be Justin Fields because he had the rushing ability, but they did trade Lance rushing ability. That's a whole different. That's kind of a different conversation. But my prerequisite thing is leadership. You have to be able to talk to this guy, interview him, and know that you can trust him to lead the locker room, be rock solid, and be a guy you want leading your team and leading your franchise. Mm-hmm. That's my prerequisite. That has to be there when you're talking to a guy. The next thing I look for is they have. I want at least one thing that they have that is a difference maker that is uncoachable. Mm. So, uh, like Lamar Jackson, example, he had just like game breaking speed, um, shiftiness. 
his rushing ability was an identifier that was like, that was like boom that's something that can't be coached he has that Josh Allen knows the arm talent uh you can see like uh Mahomes was one his is kind of like that gunslinger mentality slash being able to make difficult throws off balance throws uh this isn't always indicative of like it's not a perfect prescriptor. Like it's not saying this person has an unteachable talent, so they are going to be good. But I want someone that at least has that for the chance that we can develop those other areas and have a true difference making quarterback rather than someone that's like fine in all these areas. And then, you know, that's where you get more game manager types. Baker Mayfield's one. He went first overall and kind of his, difference making thing was accuracy mm-hmm. like that was like it was to a level in college that was like that can't be really taught it didn't pan out for him in the mm-hmm. nfl i'm not saying this is always a locked and loaded thing but if i'm picking a quarterback for my franchise i want to take a shot on a guy that can be one of the top guys in the league mm-hmm. and for me that starts with having at least one trait that is unteachable mm. i like that yeah that's a good analysis uh any other thoughts noah you know, when it comes to quarterback, I, I don't I don't really know. I think, honestly, nowadays with the way the offenses are going, I, I want a quarter. You cannot be – I don't want a quarterback that has to stand in the pocket. I think, I think defensive yeah. linemen, I think defensive players, as an offensive lineman, they are too good. If you are not mobile <laughs> Vita enough – Vita Vea out there. Yeah, I'm not saying you have to be Lamar Jackson. I'm not saying you have to be Cam Newton. I'm not saying you have to be Jalen Hurts. If you – like Justin Herbert, if you are – he can get out of the pocket. Yep. He can escape. Like they are too good to just stand back in the pocket and not be able to move. Like yep. that's what I'm saying. I feel like you just have to have that for me. Mm-hmm. You have to have that. And it doesn't have it. to be necessarily a game-breaking. It doesn't yeah. have to be Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson no. type of – you're you, – can set the game on fire, but the mobility level of like a Herbert that can escape, that mm-hmm. can make things happen, that isn't trapped in the pocket like we see like cinder blocks on his feet like modern Big Ben. Yeah. Yep. And even if even if you're Mac Jones and you're just smart enough that you can get away and then throw it away, like that's pocket all awareness. Yeah. yeah, that's all I need you. To, that's what you have to have for me. You have to have pocket awareness and like because those that's what kills drives a sack kills a drive so yep. i need my quarterback to be able like i need to see him in college when he was under pressure i need to see him do well make a play under that pressure because if you can't do well under pressure like that's what some of the alabama quarterbacks they never really had that pressure in college True. so when they get to the nfl and it's there all the time that's even like trevor lawrence like you look at it and he's under pressure all the time and he doesn't look that good. it's that's one of the panicked. things yeah it's one of those things for me that I can't Unless he's playing the Colts. Unless yeah. he's in the last game of the season. No, that's great stuff. And then on the subject of Herbert, the one thing that I was listening to a podcast, camera which one, because I rotate too many of them, but Herbert was low on a lot of people's draft boards. Like they didn't think he was very good. They thought two was the obvious pick, yada, yada. Um, largely because of his decision-making. So he in college would make all these decisions where he would throw it away or um, not like look to his next read or just really dumb choice. Like he would spike it on a third down. He didn't realize it was third, like just dumb sports like decisions. And that was a reason that he was falling is because that he just wasn't making smart choices, but his arm talent and athleticism were not a question. Like he could sling it. He was pretty accurate and he was fast. And, um, 
the one thing that coaches can teach the best is some of that decision making and like sitting with you in a film room and trying to like walk you through all that. Obviously, I know that from experience, but um, yeah. So I think take the top end talent and it's a higher boomer bust because you're hoping like maybe you get a Zach Wilson. It's like, yeah, he can throw it 70 yards, but he's actually horrible. Or, well, he's played, he played I'm not better. fully out on Zach Wilson. I'm not either. I'm using him as like a scapegoat. But um, if if there's if you can only improve 5% year over year, I heard this argument about Mac Jones. Someone was still putting Mac Jones in like the fourth or fifth rookie quarterback they would want going forward, which I think is probably a little low. Like I'd probably want him a little higher than that. But when the percent you can grow is only 5% compared to like the 20, 25% that you could see from Trey Lance, Justin Fields, some of these higher athleticism quarterbacks, you take upside there. Um, And then what's the one thing that's most overrated? I think I hit on it, but like some bad decision making here and there in college where it's like, oh, that was a bad pick. That was a dumb pick. I think you can coach some of that out. But Yeah, I think you can too. But I think that's also kind of a dicey thing because, you know, your franchise leader, you want them to be a good decision maker. And I think a lot of examples, you mentioned Herbert, Josh Allen, I'm going to bring him up all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that that can definitely be coached. Overrated attribute. I think swag <laughs> is an overrated <laughs> uh, one a little bit. Well, like I even think Drew Locke, like people fell in love. Broncos country could not help themselves. When he was like busting out little celebrations, yeah, in the middle of every, like in the middle of a random drive with a perfectly fine eight yard throw, it's like, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, but he added some spice to that. Yeah, and it's kind of in that similar vein of swag is the highlight reel almost. Like there is the element of I like drafting for traits, but there's also you can some guys look really good on the highlight reel that don't look great when you watch. The game to game, true. Every like every play, and so I, I I'm not a quarterback uh, evaluate. Like I don't. That's yeah. Such a tough one to evaluate, and obviously it has it has a pretty high miss rate mm-hmm. in terms of first round draft picks. So it's hard to say exactly what's the most overrated attribute for me. But yeah, it's tough because it also depends on what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Just curious, where did you guys going into the draft of uh, there was. When it was Baker went one, Darnold went three, um, Allen went seven, Rosen went ten, and then Lamar went thirty-two. What was y'all's rank going into that draft? Mm. Do you guys remember of those quarterbacks? Because that was such a high debated one. Most people didn't have Lamar in the conversation. It was mainly about the top four in the draft. So I'm not going to lie to you. I actually had Lamar at two. Really? Because... Uh, you know, I played for Idaho coach Petrino was my coach. So he Lamar was being coached by Bobby or yeah, Bobby Petrino at Louisville. And so coach Petrino talked about him. He pulled up film on him and he was like, he would show us the film of Lamar. And I'm, so I watched him and I saw what he could do. And I was like, man, he, he is really good. I do think he's a really good behind who? Behind your, Baker. Yeah. I, I thought Baker. I thought Baker was going to be the truth. Mm-hmm. I thought he was going to be. I thought Sam Darnold was terrible. I really? will say that. I told. That's why when we traded for him, I was like, I don't want him. I really don't. <laughs> I thought that Sam Darnold was terrible because I watched him play some big games at USC, and he looked 
he looked bad. He looked like he he looked like he did when he played with the Panthers yeah. the, after uh, the fourth, like the third game. I think. I I I feel like I'd just be making it up if I tried. Yeah. To, I think I had Baker High, and then the rest were a mix. I definitely didn't have Josh Allen. Like I think he was in my lower, just because I used to take into account uh, level of um, competition, competition. Mm-hmm. into a lot of like a ton of what I believed, and so I think I went basically order of who had the toughest competition, which would be like Baker, Darnold, Rosen, and then uh, Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't have Lamar yeah. in the four. I didn't have Lamar in that group either. I was just considering the. I was so I Rosen. was so <laughs> I was so big on that draft because of the Bills were obviously we had traded Tyrod. We were set to draft our quarterback in that draft no matter what. Mm-hmm. So I got super into it. Darnold was easily I wanted Darnold so bad. He was easily wow. my number one going into it. Josh Allen was my two, and both of them were kind of like in the sense of traits were there and like yeah. I, I don't Dar, Darnold I felt I trusted more. I heard so many good things. And, like, he's who I really wanted. Josh Allen was my two. Baker was my three. And then Rosen, I was so ready to burn down a village if we got Rosen. And it kind of goes back to that. Even when it came thing. out that he, like, had that, uh, that <laughs> what was it? He had the kiddie pool in his dorm. <laughs> he had, like, filled up an indoor pool and was bringing girls over in his dorm. <laughs> Dude, he's a white guy. What and a he's player. <laughs> legitimately, what I talked about earlier, kind of that leadership prerequisite. That's one of the reasons. That was the main reason I was out on him. There was the questions going into the draft, or like how invested is he in real football? But it was also you hear him interviewed, and he just he sounded like a weak willed man. Like he just sounded like <laughs> what a wuss. Like, he legitimately just was like, I don't want this attitude. I like to play football. <laughs> <laughs> Reflect like so. He was the guy I was like way out on, but I wanted Darnold so bad. Yeah, and then Lamar, I was in the group that missed him. Yeah. Thank goodness, uh, fate would have a different result for your yes for your bills. Very much so. All right, uh, last question from friends, and then we'll go into reasons for optimism. We won't spend super long on this one, but what? And this is just in general. What causes a bust, and who are some of the top bust candidates in this year's draft? I've uh, I have a list of three people. Um, I can start on this one. So, in my opinion, it's the lack of technique without being a freak athlete. So the guys that are like borderline freak athletes that are just really solid athletic players, but they lack a lot of technique. I think those people realize NFL strength and grown man strength when they get into the league and then they just can't compete. Like unless you're that first round, you know, miles Garrett who just has like, I mean, you're, you're an absolute freak already, then you're fine. But we've seen a few times Caleb on chase on is, I think a good example where he doesn't have great technique but he was physically dominant enough in college to look really, really good. And then you get to the NFL and you realize grown man strength matters and he couldn't cut it. Mm-hmm. Like he's one for me. But the three that I think fall into this are two, I guess, on defense. One, David Ajabo, which I hope isn't true because I really like his story. Um, if you don't know him, Edge out of Michigan. He's only been playing football for like four years. He was born in Nigeria, lived in Scotland for a while and came the united states after that but i people are always talking about his ceiling he just has no technique yet he's just really athletic so i worry about if he never gets the technique like they don't play him on run defense yet they only play him on passing pass rush situations 
So that's one. DeMarvin Leal is another. He flashed a lot two years ago, kind of fell off last year. I don't like the idea of someone falling off and then hoping they can come back full force. It's like, well, if they don't, they didn't show that they were dominant like every year they were, especially going backwards. I don't like that. And then Malik Willis, obviously any quarterback is like a bust candidate just because of how hit and miss that is. But I don't think he's going to be able to develop unless he goes to a perfect landing spot. Um, in my opinion, I think he'll, I think the stage will be too big. But those are my three and what I think causes a bust. Any other thoughts? Uh, I do think some part of some of the bust can also be landing spot. I think system. Yes, so I true. think so. I think a lot of players like they get lucky in a system that they go to. Like so, like say Traylon Burks. He's not maybe he's maybe not the highest rated receiver, mm-hmm. but then he'll go to a team that's better and probably more suited and more ready for him to be there. Yep. To, and then he'll just look better than say. I don't know who the top one is. Is it Alave, Alave? Garrett Wilson? Yeah. Like so say they get drafted by a team that's just not that good. They don't really have an offensive line. They can't really get them the ball, or they're just getting doubled constant. It's. I think a lot of it is landing spot, and I do think it is what you say. A lot of times, if you're just a, like athletically gifted and just so much better than the person you're playing against, like Malik Willis, for example, he's just so much better than some of the competition that he's playing yep. against. It does not matter what he does. Like he could do, he can make a bad decision, which then, he does all the time. <laughs> yeah, He can make a bad decision and, and then it will look okay because he's just better than who he's playing. Like, like Oh, he threw it 80 yards. It was a pick, but it was 80 yards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I think, I think a lot of it is landing spot. And then I also like, so some of those big name, like some of the kids that come out of Alabama, a lot of the times they don't pan out because their team was just so much better. Like everything around, like everything where you can't double anybody at Alabama because this is something you talked about with your concern. Jordan Davis, I think, is one of the mm-hmm. people you brought up in particular. Of you're benefited being on Georgia's defense by having so much talent around you mm-hmm. that, like Jordan Davis, on most teams in college, should be getting he's so much double bigger. or triple teams. Yeah, and <laughs> he really can't afford to do that against Georgia because of how many insane athletes and defensive players they have everywhere else. So yeah, there's that element of. Uh, Big, bigger schools being such a good situation that players will look better than they actually mm-hmm. are that could lead to uh, some of these busts. That's been the case with a lot of Alabama quarterbacks yep. uh, in the past. So uh, such a great receiving core, such a great running game, offensive line, that yeah. you know <laughs> they can lead their team to a national championship. Every Notre Dame quarterback also, yeah. um, <laughs> apparently. Yeah. The Georgia linebacker, too, N'Kobe Dean, mm-hmm. he benefits so much from having a Jordan Day in the run game. Like, as an offensive, as a guard in the center, if you're looking at Jordan Davis across from you, your game plan going into that is, yeah, forget the linebackers. We're just going to double-team him, and we're just going to try to get some movement there. And then a gap is going to be open because of that. And then he's just roaming. Like, there's nobody on him. Like, even the other D-tackles for Georgia, they were so good. It was Trayvon Walker and – I'm going to forget his name. Yeah. Uh, Devontae Wyatt. Yeah, they they were so good. It's just like 
in the, the Kobe Dean is in a great situation, but that doesn't mean he doesn't have talent and he won't pan out. And if he goes to a situation, hit, I mean, similar, even so, his sideline to sideline yeah, is crazy. Yeah, yeah, his his athleticism, his speed, and his like just his knack for getting Roquan to the football. Smith is kind of a similar comp. Exactly. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like, it doesn't mean I'm not saying that they don't have talent. They're going to be a bust because they play for a bit. I'm saying that like sometimes the situation they go to. Is it's a bad situation for him because they weren't used. To, they were used to it being a lot easier. And yeah, they don't pin. Yeah, so by um, bus, it's such a hard one to pin because obviously these players are getting taken high for good reason. Like they've a lot of them don't have a lot of red flags, so it's harder to decipher what it is. Most of bus that happen aren't someone people are like. Oh, this is a high chance of bust here or something. It just kind of happens unless you're yeah. like the Raiders or Seahawks, who it seems draft have drafted <laughs> randomly recently. Um, the but, Seahawks scroll f- like two scrolls down and then pick someone from that list. Yeah, and so I did I did a little bit of research going into this. For, uh, also, before I answer this, thank you to Ty and Will for giving us some questions. Yes, we love you. the uh, love some content to talk about. But I was looking at... Now we're going to find the top bust on the Bears and the Cowboys. (laughs) (laughs) I was looking through... We'll get to this after. I would like... You played against Micah Parsons, right, Noah? We would love to hear about that in a minute here. But uh, (laughs) one thing I was going to talk about is it's not a perfect indicator because there are a lot of situations, like extraneous things that go into it. But one bust indicator is like our fifth-round options picked up because every first-round draft pick has a fifth-year option on it, and so it's not perfectly indicative. There are certain situations that lead to someone accepting it or declining it for different reasons that are beyond, is this a hit or a miss? Mm-hmm. But um, looking at positions that have some of the lowest acceptance rates of like fifth-round options, I'll be receiver, wide receivers, some cornerbacks, and defensive line. Mm. So the those are kind of three more red flag positions. I think wide receiver in particular – if you're drafting a first round wide receiver, you better be getting some, like a number one, a very top end number two. Like you are investing a lot in a position that you need difference makers at, and is also a lot easier to replace later in the draft. Has high, one of the highest bust rates among positions. So that's kind of my red flags is kind of for the Ohio State wide receivers more so Garrett Wilson. I like Chris Olave more because I trust that route running. But Garrett Wilson is kind of more on my bust radar in the sense that I don't think when you draft him you're getting a game breaking player. Mm. I think we've seen a lot of we've seen a lot of success from Ohio State players moving into the league, but I think Olave is better. I think even uh what's his name? Smith uh Wilson? No, 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 no. He's not going pro this year. Oh, uh in Jabe. Oh, yeah, Crazy Jackson, day. Jackson, the the one that's still there, yeah, in Jabe something, yeah, yeah. But I think like he's better. I don't think Garrett Wilson comes into the league and is an immediate game breaker for a team, which I think is needed for that first round draft capital. Yeah. So that's kind of on my alert, and then also defensive line. A lot of times you'll see guys getting drafted on the promise that Ed Oliver is a great example of. He played at Houston. He was clearly playing out of position. He was playing yeah. at a nose technique. And a lot of scouts are just saying, like, he needs to be at a three technique, and that's where he'll thrive. He's been good. Like, he uh, – I don't use him as an example of a bust because he's been solid, not quite living up to the draft capital, but, like, the last couple of weeks especially, he's really come on strong. 
And he'll get a fumble touchdown this game, calling it. Oh, baby. Ooh. And he's <laughs> learning a lot Chalky. of technique. So guys that are switching kind of their roles coming from college to the pros, mm-hmm. Micah Parsons did it seamlessly going to the edge. But a lot of guys... He can do anything seamlessly. <laughs> a lot of guys, <laughs> you make a transition on roles, and it takes a long time, Isaiah or they Simmons, don't even get there. Isaiah Simmons took some his time. His rookie year was... Like he only played on like fifty percent of his snaps or something. Yeah, and so those, he's been better. There are but. a lot of those guys that aren't necessarily bust, but don't hit immediately, and that can be a red flag for teams that are drafting them to help immediately. And so, and also, there's the risk of them not fully panning out when they're in cha- cha- changing their roles. So, yeah, yeah a lot of technique to learn, which is hard to do at the highest level. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's see, that's part of my thing. Like they played a certain position in college because they were just so much, and then so in the NFL, like they look at you and they go, "You're not going to be able to play that position yeah. here because it's not going to work the same." And then the wide receiver thing, you're a big route running guy too, huh? right? Yeah, that's what. I, so my thing is a wide receiver. I'm not drafting a wide receiver just because they're they're really big and they're really fast. Like that only works in certain on in, with only certain people. Yeah. But even like Julio Jones, his route running is so, so good. good. I think a wide receiver, if I'm taking a first-round wide receiver, I'm taking a dude who, in college, he wasn't just open because he was better than the dude he's playing against. It's because his routes were so good. Like, he can yeah. any route, he can run any route in the route tree. He can improvise. He can do anything. Or the, the exception to that is if they're a yards after catch monster. That's and true. you can design easy routes yeah, like for bubbles. them. For them to get it and take off, yeah. Because I think Traylon Burks might fit that. Yeah, like I think Traylon Burks also, is a fine route runner, but I don't think of him primarily. I've talked about it in the past, but an RPO type of offense would be beautiful for Traylon. I've never seen a wide receiver so integral to an offense. Like we relied on him so much, yeah. we moved him all over the field. He played a lot in the slot. He'll play it on the outside. You can't cover him one on one because he has the traits of being too fast, too big, too strong, and he also is great. He works underneath on the in-breaking mm-hmm. routes, slants, uh, little in-routes, 10 yards down the field, breaking across, also can beat you deep. And so there are guys, yeah, I think you need to either come into the league being a very proficient, uh, to be a very proficient route runner, or at the very least have a lot of versatility. Um, yep. So. Yep, love it. Okay. Um did y'all see my my first tweet on Jim's and Bust? I said it had to yeah, be, that was not a bold take. I said it has to be a bold take. Uh, Traylon Burks will be a future NFL Hall of Famer, <laughs> so we'll see. But okay, yeah, we're gonna. What is take. Loaf and Joe's gonna make their own chips? I so. know, hold on, hold I know, on. that's a bold take. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so we're gonna run through um, real quick reasons for optimism. So we're gonna go one at a time through each of these. Not a ton of discussion. Just give like one or two reasons that a team should be optimistic. Uh, we're going to go through every team that's not in the playoffs. Again, not a lot of discussion. We'll just hit. Um, who wants to go first? And we'll go in a row. Yeah, who I'll, wants Who wants the I'll Texans? Yeah. All right, Luke, why should the Texans not? Um, I'm not going to be. Yeah, why, why, why should they be uh, uh, somewhat optimistic here is that they have Davis Mills showed a lot of promise as a rookie. General Mills. General Mills. Four wins was honestly with that roster <laughs> quite solid. I think you have some other pieces to work with, but Davis Mills 
you have someone that you like moving forward. And the other thing is you should be able to get, hopefully, I mean, legal situation mm-hmm. pending. You can get a lot of capital to jumpstart that rebuild with yep. Deshaun Watson. Love it. Uh, Jags, Noah. Jags, I think, I think if you can get offensive line, I think Trevor Lawrence can be, I think he can be a really good quarterback in the NFL. And I, great but, note to end on the season for yeah, Trevor yeah. Lawrence. Yeah, so I do think. I think he is the guy for the future. Great. Okay. New York Jets. This one's a tough one for me. Um, I think one, you got a lot of draft capital and you have some young players on the offense that can support Zach Wilson. And Zach Wilson has been playing better toward the back half of the season. But you have players like Michael Carter, um, Elijah Moore. Like Those players are going to be really good going forward. So that's the Jets. Um, Lions. So, so the Lions have my Sam Pittman comp. Where he yeah. came, he kind of came in his first year at Arkansas. The vibes and like the feel of the team completely changed. It didn't result in a lot of on-field wins. Like Arkansas still felt, uh, still was three and seven, but it felt like a whole new era. Dan Campbell comes in here. They get four wins on the season, I believe, but it just you felt a culture change. He seems like a guy the players love. Mm-hmm. He's very. You believe in Dan Campbell from what you've seen so far. Amon Ross St. Brown is also another one to be excited about. TJ Hawkinson, DeAndre Swift. You have a lot of pieces there. And so I think they have some optimistic where, for the first time in probably a while, they feel a lot more confident in their coaching situation. Yep, yep, totally agree. Good stuff. Uh, Bears, Noah. Uh, I think Justin Fields really good. I think really, I think if you give him more time, he's going to be a really good quarterback in the league. And I think... I think honestly, they're probably like the best situation for like to get to just get a pick to just mm-hmm. help their team. I you know I don't like saying it. Shout out Andrew Moore, but you know, <laughs> I think they could be better than the Panthers. I eventually. Wow, uh, hot take. Uh, I get the worst one here, but I got to be positive. Uh, you get a fresh start if you are the <laughs> New York Giants. Literally uh, cleared everything. You clean house. I think this lets you now get a quarterback because they were stuck with Daniel Jones, but with a new GM and a new head coach. I think maybe you can upgrade there, which would be interesting to see. Um, and you have, um, oh, frick, I forgot his name, Xavier McKinney as a safety who looks like he's going to be a future All-Pro. He looks like a really good safety. Uh, you have some pieces to build around and a lot of cuttable players to free up some cap. That sounds so negative, but I promise it's <laughs> the only thing. Okay, um, Luke, give Noah some hope for the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, so I think they're not... They're on the edge of the category of quarterback away from me, but they are pretty close to that. The great, great young defense. Mm-hmm. Um, J.C. Horn looked great before his injury, so that's to be excited about. They have some weapons on offense. I think the biggest thing for the Panthers fans to be optimistic about is your front office has shown recently that they are a very aggressive front office, yeah. and they're uh, so I don't I don't think even with the what they're paying Sam Darnold because they're aggressive. I don't think that necessarily means Sam Darnold's going to be the starter next year. Like they could go in, bring in a veteran or something. Um, but having an aggressive front office is just fun. Mm-hmm. It gives you it, every offseason is an adventure. Yeah, and so I think they're in a good position outside of quarterback right now. With an and then obviously the fun of having an aggressive front office spices it up. Yeah, I know we said we weren't going to do discussions, but do you want to respond to that at all, Carolina? Any other thoughts? 
it's positivity only optimism. It, it's only positive. Okay, well, and I, we can move on. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey is good at football. That's yep. so true. Um, okay, Seattle then. Oh, Seattle. So reasons for optimism. Another re- tough one, to be honest. Seattle reasons for optimism. Pete Carroll could be gone. I, I do think, I still think if they could just get their offensive line situation together, I really still think that they could be a good football team. Mm-hmm. I think I think Russell Wilson, I don't, you know, those first six games are tremendous, and then he's still a good quarterback in the league. Um, so yeah. I do think if they could just get their offensive line together, that they can still be a team. And they had a lot of injury problems this year, and they still – like they still had a chance at the playoffs. Like not having Russell Wilson, he is that team. So yeah. like I do think that there's still a lot to. And then Rashad Penny showed a lot of promise down True. the stretch. True, too, so. I agree. Okay, and then the Atlanta Falcons. I'll say you have your foundation almost on both sides of the ball. You have Pitts, young foundation. He's looked really, really good on offense. You have AJ Terrell, one of the best cornerbacks in the league. Incredible year. Incredible year, great um, jump from into year two. So you have some cornerstones at, I mean, offense tight end, maybe not a cornerstone, but on defense, a corner, literal cornerstone um, player that you can build around. I think it's it's going to be a fun rebuild for them. And Matt Ryan is keeping them competitive and like a fairly dangerous team always um, could maybe knock out someone else, right? Okay, Washington football team or the Washington presidents or whatever they end up being called. Yeah, uh, reason for optimism is you have, you know, you have the name change to look forward to. I guess. But this so is one of the hype. harder teams for me to find a lot of optimism around. The quarterback situation is yeah. yucky, uh, to say the least. You have a couple of solid. Uh, the optimism is you have some young, some solid young pieces in uh, Terry McLaurin, mm-hmm. Antonio Gibson. You have Chase Young, and you have some Jonathan Allen. You have some good pieces Cam on Curl. defense. Cam Curl. Their, de- their defense is one of the biggest, like, just absolutely fell off a cliff. But you know there are some talented pieces there to build around. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of work to do in Washington. But there are a couple of pieces there that can help jumpstart. And if it starts clicking, then maybe it starts clicking. Yeah. Okay. Um, help me out with the Denver Broncos. I think there's a lot to look forward to in Denver. I think literally if you can get a quarterback, I think that that team is going to be really good. Their defense, first of all, Patrick Sertan, it's a mm-hmm. curtain. It's a he blanket. S two baby lockdown. He's a great young player. On you defensive. loved him. I wanted him so bad, but JC Horn was really good too before he got hurt. I want to put that out. Yeah, there. No, he, he was really was good spectacular. too. Spectacular, but. Uh, um, I also think Javante Williams showed a lot of promise. So like, they don't even need Melvin Gordon. They can you can just let. Him, you can let him run the show. Uh, I think they have great receivers there, um, Cortland Sutton. And I, so I think they're really just a quarterback away. I think that's what's promising for Denver. Like, I think they could be a really good team again. You know, I don't really like Denver, but. I, I heard the, conver- the comparison to they were, Denver was Tampa Bay before Tom Brady. Yeah. And so I don't, you know, not quite, not quite there, but, and then obviously Tom Brady is a pretty big piece to try to land. And yeah. so. There's obviously the off chance of bringing in Aaron Rodgers, which would be the unbelievable dream. Broncos are immediate Super Bowl contenders, but they can also be a solid team with, you know, any sort of upgraded quarterback, yeah, bringing in true. someone decent. Carr. 
I'd like I her like, cousins I for like. him too. Yeah, cousins is good too. Okay, Miami. Um, I'm shocked that they fired Flores. That's not optimism though. Um, optimism, optimism. They've got great pieces. I think we talked about it earlier. Waddle is the truth. I think he's an incredible, incredible wide receiver. Your defense is still really good with Xavier and Howard uh, locking down that cornerback spot. So I think you got a really, a lot of really good young pieces with a dominant defense, and you're hopeful that Tua can take that next step. Kenny, we'll see. Uh, next one, Cleveland Browns, Luke. So Cleveland, optimism is in the running game of the defense. Offensive line spent a lot of time beat up. Uh, you need pieces at wide receiver. You need, uh, like, quarterback. Obviously, Baker played very injured this year. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't – I'm out on Baker. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of us probably are. But they are cl- – they are on the verge of like the quarterback away. Obviously, they made it really fun. They looked great in the playoffs last year. Uh, took the Chiefs down to the wire in the quarterfinals, and so defense outstanding. And defense, a lot of really good pieces: Miles Garrett, uh, Denzel Ward. So a lot to work with in Cleveland. There is definitely some upgrades that need to happen, but a lot to work with. Yep, Vikings, Noah. I think they're actually a really good football team. I think. I think a lot of the stuff they had so they, unlucky. They had so many close losses this year. I mean, it's tough. And then I mean, they of course Justin Jefferson is a star. He's mm-hmm. a superstar. <laughs> they have their defense is solid. I think. I think. I don't know. I don't know if Kirk Cousins is the guy, but I don't mind Kirk Cousins. Yeah. I think. I think it's just learning how to win those close games for them because they lost so many of them. It was absurd. Yeah. It's so funny. The Bills have had two trades recently since McDermott and Bean have come in that were unbelievably great for the Bills, and they also turned out phenomenal for the other team. So the first one was we traded – it was McDermott's first years before we had Bean as GM, so McDermott did the draft because the, our Doug Whaley was on the way out. And so we decided to roll with Tyrod – didn't, didn't want to take quarterback that year and traded back with the Chiefs, um, traded back and then got another pick the next year. And those picks ended up landing us. We got Tredavious White, mm-hmm. Josh Allen, and then put the pieces to trade up and get Tremaine Edmonds. So three core, core pieces to us. The Chiefs in that deal got Patrick Mahomes with the pick that they traded up. Yep. So unbelievable win-win there for those teams. And then the other one was obviously Stephon Diggs, uh, for a first round, and the Vikings ended up getting Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Unbelievably lucky for them to get him after the Eagles yeah. took Jalen Rager right before that video of the Vikings front office guys like laughing when they saw the Rager pick is so funny to me. Yeah. But I'm, um, I mean, Jefferson is so unbelievably good. Yeah, he is. And so they got lucky to get him there, but incredible win win for those two teams, too. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, the Indianapolis Colts, the positive that I'll say there, I love a good running game. I love watching some bully ball with the O-line and and just a running back being able to thrive. Also, great defense. I think you are one consistent quarterback away uh, that's not real high and real low. It it can be like a Kirk Cousins type, and you'd have a really, really good team. Mm -hmm. I think a dream draft for me for the Colts would be uh, like a dream offseason would be (laughs) draft Traylon Burks. Mm -hmm. You'd have a great core with – him and Pittman, uh, and yep. then you get like a Kirk Cousins. Like yeah. that'll be, oh, that'd be great. Defense is there for them, so that's great. All right, Ravens, Luke. 
Yeah, obviously they had Lamar out for a lot of this year. This still is a tough one. Played the, uh, still almost made the playoffs. Uh, some people are very wishy-washy on Lamar at this point. Um, you know, like still he's very good. Like it, it's not like a wishy-washy of oh, is he the guy? It's more of a is he in that really true elite group? Yeah, but he is. He's a. I think he's a great quarterback. He showed a lot more as a passer this year, mm-hmm. which reason to be optimistic. And then obviously their running game was shredded. Uh, so like sure. running back wise, they're rolling out Tafanta Freeman. Like yeah. Uh, so you'll have J.K. Dobbins coming back next year. So a whole offense, a healthy Lamar Jackson, and the Ravens should be right back into the mix next year. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, Noah, the New Orleans Saints. I think. They're a really good football team. I think Jameis Winston looked really good at the beginning of the season. Is he the guy? I don't know. He looked great. But I think if you look at it, they were 9-8 uh, and eight with all of those injuries. Still almost yeah. made the playoffs. Alvin Kamara is is a top-tier running back. Mm-hmm. Their defense is solid. Shout-out Caden Ellis, Idaho product. Yep. Um, hey. Saints quarterback uh, away. I haven't really yeah. thought about them in that category, but they're definitely – I think they could use some wide receiver help. Uh, their don't cap know what space they're gonna do with hey, Michael What Thomas. about Slant Boy? Slant Boy. Come yeah, on, I don't now. know what the deal is going to be with that. I I think in zero ways, Jameis the guy, zero chance, Taysom's the guy. Sorry, Jonathan. 0.0000 chance Ian Book's ever the guy. Trevor Simeon, though. Trevor Simeon, uh, no. And so they need quarterback help desperately and still finish 9-8, like you said, no. So. Yeah. Uh, and the last one, the Los Angeles Chargers, there's no hope. Um, they're in the same division <laughs> with the Broncos. There's no way. No, but in all seriousness, they are a run defense away. Well, I will say on the run defense, a lot of that is scheme. Yeah, and it's true. Just that they very much are saying, we are going to take kind of the Brandon Staley analytics. We want to take away the passing game, force yep. teams to run. And think that gives us the best chance to win. I think they draft Jordan Davis, and they it helps them immediately so much. I know I'm not like the biggest Jordan Davis guy, but even just having a big guy that you now have to double team at the very least mm-hmm. helps with your run defense. So I think they, I mean, I'm shocked they didn't make the playoffs, to be honest. I think Herbert is so talented. I really like Brandon Staley and the way he approaches the game. Um, they're just a few pieces away. Also, they can improve it Brandon at wide Staley receiver. Is the Lane Kiffin of the NFL. You think so? Yeah. Um, anyway, so well, a wide receiver. They have Keenan Allen. Mike Williams is going to be a big free question mark coming into this next off season. Uh, Josh Palmer uh, showed a lot of flashes his rookie year, so I think he could be solid moving forward if they move on from uh, Mike Williams. And then I also really liked Donald Parham. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had that scary injury yeah. towards the back half. That was crazy. I think he'll be – he's kind of a fantasy dark horse guy for me next year. So Absolutely. Uh, so Jared Cook's going to be gone. So. Yeah. Okay, we only have three minutes till the Razorback game, so I'm – we're not going to do this. We're not going to do the Matt Miller mock draft review. Yeah. I'll highlight maybe two things. One, uh, so, so fans of their teams got to pick the player. A few highlights, in my opinion, the Jags take Evan Neal overall, number one overall. So a Jacksonville Jaguars fan would opt to take an offensive lineman instead of one of those edge guys, which is interesting. That'll be interesting. The Jags, because obviously they'd have the chance to pair Josh Allen with Thibodeau or Hutchinson, and I think that would be a really interesting combo, but I'll never knock going offensive line. Yeah, and then I, as the Denver GM, traded a first and second round pick this year and next year uh, for Deshaun Watson. 
If he's innocent, I love it for me. <laughs> this was also right when Flores got fired. So a part of me was like, maybe Flores comes to Denver and whatever. It doesn't Sorry, look like that's going to happen. Tangent. But. Dream Denver hire. Um, oh, that's a great, great question. I lean Hackett, mm-hmm. Packers OC, mostly because we've tried to do the defensive hire a few times now, and it's just not working at all. Yeah. I'd rather get, especially when you think about like when we had Peyton Manning, and then, you know, Shanahan before that, like an offensive oh, you could mind. Go ba- you could go back to go the back Peyton Manning to the, era, get Adam Gase. Uh, let's not do that. <laughs> um, so that's something. Uh, a few other highlights. Sauce Gardner made it into the top 10. He's not normally in the top 10. The first quarterback taken is Matt Corral uh, to the Washington football team. A few I'm looking through. Panthers taking Kenny, Kenny Pickett. Pickett? No. No, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> And then Jameson Williams. Are you just? Are you, I think we've talked about this. Are you out on just taking quarterback as a whole, or is there a guy that you would like in this draft? In this draft, no, I don't. For the especially for the Panthers, it doesn't matter who we put back there. We cannot block for him, yeah. so I don't want to take a quarterback. I'd rather watch Sam Darnold another year. You're paying him anyways. Yeah, yeah. Like I'd rather watch Sam Darnold another year and draft an offensive lineman. Like please, for the love of God, draft. And an I'll offensive say lineman. if you're planning for the Panthers, so. Here's the difficult thing for the Panthers here. I think the Panthers should be planning not for this next year, but for the year after. Like, because you can address a lot of the O line concerns and the quarterback the class. Qu- the quarterback yeah, class, if you sure. don't like it, um, you're you're locked in with Darnold another year on contract at least. Um, I, I assume you're not going to get someone to <laughs> trade and take that contract unless it's like one of those teams pulling a Thunder type move where they're mm-hmm. like, we can get something back basically like we still gain something in addition to us holding on to that contract um but you're two years i think you're regather this next year and then be tooled up for the year after that can address the quarterback after sam darnold's off your books two big factors that play into that christian mccaffrey's not getting younger he's not getting less injury prone you planning to make a run with Christian McCaffrey in two years, any running back on a big contract, that's going to be dicey mm-hmm. uh, to be trying to wait and do that. The other thing is jaw rules on the hot seat yep. and a quarterback on the hot seat is not or a coach in the hot seat is not in a position to play for the year after. True. If they do that kind of rebuild of like, we want to take one more year as a regather year recoup and then make a real push and swing of the fences the year after. Ja Rule is probably not going to have a job uh, at that point. Yeah. So he is not in a position where that makes sense for him as a coach. Obviously, the general manager is the one that kind of controls the personnel on that. But it's kind of a weird situation, middle ground area for the Panthers there that I'm with you. I think you address other needs other than quarterback in this offseason. But if you don't address the immediate concerns, there are guys in their building that are fighting for their job year one that may not be able to afford to plan out for the two years ahead. True. That's okay. Well, I don't like him, so I hope you. <laughs> I don't know. You hope the GM takes that approach and it screws yeah. Matt Rule. Yeah, it is unbelievable. Okay, a few other things. Uh, five wide receivers were taken in the first round, the first one being Garrett Wilson at 13 of the Browns. I think this is why – I think the reason this is mocked here – is you got to think a Cleveland fan is probably also an Ohio State fan. <laughs> you're both. I mean, you're in Ohio. It, it probably is. That's probably one of the main reasons. And then um, a few other things. Jameson Williams 
goes to 21. That is after his injury. So I don't know if they took that into account much. This He goes to the Saints after a Michael Thomas trade to New England. So New England gets Michael Thomas, and then Jameson goes uh, to the Saints there. There were other picks oh, involved oh, in that. Mike Jones likes slants. Um, Traylon Burks uh, goes to the Raiders at 23, which is a gross, gross landing spot. I think if they hold on to the car, if I think they, it could be a fun one. Yeah, if they hold on to the car, it's fine. A name that you might not recognize, Arnold Abitiki. I don't even know how to pronounce it yet. At 29 of the Chiefs, uh, Penn State player, he's flying up people's boards right now. Uh, last I saw, he was mocked in like the third round. And so to see him taking this high is kind of crazy. Only other things I will mention. I'll, I'll yeah, go ahead. Hit on the Bills pick here. They have Roger McCreary, cornerback yep. from Auburn. Don't like that one bit. Uh, yep. Cornerback is not a position I think we need to be drafting right now. My dream, my absolute dream would be <laughs> Traylon Burks. I think a wide receiver too. We let Emmanuel Sanders walk, get a difference making wide receiver and really make that offense more dynamic. If not that, the two, the one position that we're kind of older at now, defensive line, where we've been older, but we've been drafting for that recently. So as these guys progress, we should have a young group there. Offensive line, we are getting a little older there. So my dream would be either lock up a difference-making wide receiver two or be drafting offensive line. Cornerback right now, we'll have Tredavious White back next mm-hmm. year. And it's been fun to see, you know, when sometimes when a guy goes down, you see you got Dane Jackson is one. When he was Step rotated up. in uh, and competing for the number two job, he wasn't doing well. Once Travis White went down and there's kind of like the need the necessity to step up, some guys will do it. Levi Wallace stepped up, who's been a cor- cornerback two, and he's kind of been solid. Now he's been like really good lately. And then Dane Jackson, our cornerback three, has stepped up. Taron Johnson, one of the best nickels in the league. So I, I disagree with that uh, particular pick. but Yeah. Um, okay, a few other things. I know I've said that a few times, but uh, Cowboys, just so I know, Ty, you're listening. At 28, they picked DeMarvin Leal, which was one of my bust candidates. Sorry about that. Um, and then one thing to know, only two quarterbacks selected in the first round. Most of the quarterbacks come off the board in the second round. We won't list where they all go, but um, Jordan Davis is the biggest faller that I've seen in this list. He goes at 38 to the Raiders, um, which, you know, early second round. And then trying to think anything else. Oh, yeah, there was a Calvin Ridley trade. Calvin Ridley goes to the Eagles, which you talked about earlier, Luke. Um, and the Falcons pick George Pickens in the second round in place of Calvin Ridley. I think those are the big... Oh, and then I picked up Christian Harris at the back of the second linebacker. I think those are like the big storylines. Vikings pick up Desmond Ritter in the second. Uh, Malik Willis to the Lions. Sam Howell to the Giants. God, if... If the the Giants pick Sam Howell in the second, holy crap... We did a little segment there. We already were struggling to find reasons for Giants fans to be optimistic. You just burn down the building if, like, <laughs> if if they take Sam Howell. This would be a reason to be pessimistic. I'm actually oh. not that low on Sam Howell because I think his supporting cast is absolute garbage, but I don't think he's great. I couldn't be much lower on him. Yeah. Okay. That uh, sums it up. Noah, thank you for being on. Your perspective was a pleasure and a joy. Mm-hmm. No problem, God. Yeah. <laughs> enjoyed, enjoyed being here. Now we're going to watch Arkansas hopefully beat LSU. LSU. Thank you guys for listening in. Text us if you have any questions, anything you want us to address. This is still a little trial and error, so whatever you guys like, let us know. Thanks for listening. Thanks, everyone. Peace.